What's up, you guys? Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are here in full effect. This is Linvana Chat. Welcome, everybody. I am one half of Linvana. I am Vana, your vegan chef and health coach. And I'm Troy or Lynn, a goddess of many forms. <laughs> uh, so today, we are here because we're um, going to discuss what we have been um, basically um, posting about for the past week. Um, we are basically going to start talking about today uh, today's topic, which is triggers, trauma, and how to navigate through them. Um, our reason for having this topic is basically to um, talk about how we have um, dealt with things, experienced things in our life in the past and uh, how they resurface or how they've basically changed our lives in some ways where we um, respond to them in mo most cases a negative way or a way that's not benefit for ourselves or others. Um, so how do we basically do what Linvana calls the fed up setup? How do we get to a point where we're fed up with the way these triggers and traumas uh, reintroduce themselves to us and how we just react in certain ways that is not beneficial for ourselves or anyone around us. How do we um, basically identify them and then work through them? So that's what we're going to talk about today here on Linvana. <laughs> so let's jump, oh. Oh yeah, no problem. So let's jump right into it. Um, so basically, um, we're going to start off with our first, um, you know, I guess you could say a part under the title um, is how to identify the triggers or traumatic moment. This is the fed up setup that we're talking about. Um, how do you identify them? Um, the reason why we're asking this question is because a lot of times people are in denial for uh, what's happening or they don't want to um, express concern based on their reaction to certain things from a past experience that they've had in their life. Um, so basically, we're going to start talking about in this moment how to identify the triggers or traumatic moments. How do you know when you're fed up and what is the fed up setup? Choi, did you want to answer Ian on that? You want me to go? Oh, one no, second. I, I got you. Well, what I was trying to do was get um, our live like a watch party, but I, I'll do it in oh. a second. Oh, got it, got it, got yeah. it. Okay. Anyways, anyways, I'm, I'm working on it. <laughs> got gotcha. um, So, yes, my name is Troy. I'm the other half of Linvana as she did introductions and talked about the why. Um, so, for me personally, the way that I tend to deal with situations um, is kind of in a more logical but spiritual way. Mm -hmm. um, definitely a unique perspective to have, I would say myself. But <laughs> how I tend to deal with the situation is more so to go internally. So look at yourself and what, first of all, what trigger are you dealing with? What trauma are you dealing with? I think if you're... You're, you kind of start more so with triggers and that leads you into what you need to work on or heal from or 
what have you in your situation. But for me, it is about going within. Um, more so, why do I feel this way? Why do I feel like, you know, I want to go off on this person for what it is that they said? Like, what is it about me that ties to that thing or that feeling, you know, in that way when this situation happens or, you know, whatever it is, like, why? why? So I think mm -hmm. that for me, um, that's my first little inkling is like, dang, this is really bothering me. Like, why is this bothering me? And then actually starting to ask myself those kinds of questions, the, the mm. why questions that, you know, so that's my first step personally on dealing with those type of things, mainly because I feel like nobody's going, gone, gone through the experiences that you've gone through and nobody's going to handle it how you would handle it. Um, so you need to just dive into that intuitive part of yourself, you know, to really get down to the nitty gritty because people will put their own perspectives on you. Maybe they've never had an experience like whatever's triggering you. So maybe they feel like it's, you know, not a big deal and you should be able to get over it when really it's deeper than that for you. So mm -hmm. that's why I say it needs to be internal first. So understood. Understood. Um, in terms of, um, um, and just to piggyback off what you said, um, it is it is like the why, like asking yourself the question. Um, but then in terms of the form of the question, the experiences that I've had with identifying the triggers or the traumatic moments is, uh, for me, just gonna put that out there, it takes me a while sometimes to identify the trigger or the traumatic in a way because oftentimes my trigger or traumatic experiences show up in the form of a pattern. So oftentimes I'll find myself like, I'm just gonna move my chair up some guys. Okay, there we go. Oftentimes I find myself thinking like, like, dang, why do I keep you know, getting friends that do the same thing to me over and over again, or why do I keep dealing with like the same type of person that even though the way it starts is different, uh, you know, the communication or the result ends up the same. Like what lesson and I'm not, what, what lesson am I, haven't, haven't I learned yet, uh, or learned yet? Um, so that's usually where my question pops up for me. Um, in other instances, sometimes it's dealing with life in general. Like, okay, this 360 circle thing keeps popping back up over and over again, where I find myself uh, in this same scenario with a car scenario, or, or this is like in the past, or uh, you know, a, an instance where, uh, you know, every time of the year this pops up around me in my environment somehow um what it is what is it that i'm not learning and then i start to evaluate how did i move into that pathway like how did i move into that direction uh because in most cases like lynn always tells me um you are the mirror or your environment is the mirror of you so if something is going on around you it's because you've allowed it in most cases. And so I'm I'm usually like, oh man, okay, so let me sit back for a second and what do, and usually my environment is like, it'll be quiet in a room, nothing is on, and I just let my thoughts go. 
so that I can search the pathway in terms of what I did or where I may have went wrong at or what I, what I chose not to read into um, in terms of how, you know, I identify these triggers or these traumatic moments. But oftentimes it takes a pattern. It's like something consistent. And that part even irritates me. So I'm currently in the process with Lynn right now with like, how do I stop these patterns from even starting? Like, I just want to experience it that one time, obviously, because the first time is the time where you're not aware. Um, and then after that, learn my lesson and move on. Like, I don't want to keep doing this 360 circle over and over again. I want to do a straight 180 and walk the opposite direction, you know? Um, so that's how I actually identify with the triggers or traumatic moments um, currently in terms of when I see them popping up in order to uh, identify them. So, but that took some time. I had to learn that. And one thing I do want to um, say, in these situations, you'll never get to a point to where you're no longer triggered by anything anymore. Right. Ever. Like mm -hmm. that's the journey of humanity is actually going through it, but growing in as many of those situations as you can. So I just wanted to kind of throw that note in there because I know in um, I have a Facebook group, Melanin Flow, where we do talk about a lot of these things more in detail. It's specifically for Black women. So if you are a Black woman, look us up. Um, but in the group, we do go in depth about our own personal experiences. And, you know, these things kind of, th these things come up. So it is, like I said, it's, it's always a conversation. And I just, you know, wanted to throw that out there that if you are a Black woman and you look for a safe space to really have these kinds of conversations more in depth, definitely come and join the group. But moving on to after we identify um, these things. <laughs> hey, mom. <laughs> um, one thing that I do want to say is um, it's hard to navigate where to go with this information. So just kind of off of the first thing that you said, Candice, where do you tend to, what do you tend to do after you've done this you know, introspection, extrospection, if that's a word. I don't know. We probably made it up here on Livana. Um, <laughs> but what's the next thing that you do with that information moving forward after that? Like, how would you go about, you know, your day or dealing with it? Word. Okay. So um, the way I would go about um, starting my investigation would be to um, um, like counsel with a, in my opinion, cause I'm gonna be, I'm gonna toot the horn. When I go and I consult with someone, um, I'm talking to a responsible, accountable, trustworthy, wise adult. Okay, and it ain't too many of them out there that will speak to me and give me solid advice without being biased or being truthful if they're going to be biased in a scenario in which I am speaking up. Right. Um, I have someone outside of being related to me who I confine in for, for some of the time. Um, but for the most part, I'm going to Lynn right there. Troy. Um, I'm 
going to, and the reason why is because, um, you know, it's this, it's this, uh, it's this, and I've shared this with her many a times. Um, it is this level of, of, um, uh, fullness that I get from a conversation. I don't feel like there's dead air when I'm talking to her as if she's just listening to receive and not looking to give in some form. You know, there's a, there's a change. There's a, there's a energy exchange, not change, energy exchange between us to where, you know, um, if I'm like, hey, man, I keep dealing with whatever, 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 you know, she'll be like, okay, look, in some cases, she'll be like, hey, I've experienced that before. Try this out. Or she'll be like, well, let's look into it. Let's Google. Let's read. Let's do some research to find out. You know, I'm not too familiar with this type of scenario. Or she'll say, hey, let me go look and get back to you. This might take me some digging a little bit. You know what I mean? Um, I am very solution based. I don't like no BS, no playing around or nothing like that. I like to get to the dig down deep, be as honest and raw as possible, get to the point, solve the problem and move on. You know what I mean? Um, and, 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 and in some ways that takes time. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but yeah, for me, the next step after I've identified the trigger or the traumatic moment, I feel as though um, I do two necessary things. Sometimes I don't, obviously I'm not gonna comfort to her for everything. So some things I will sit in it and allow my thoughts and allow myself to process it. Sometimes that takes meditation. Sometimes it'll take a walk in the grocery store to where it'll click and I'll be like, oh, that's what it was. Then most likely I end up calling her and sharing it. But um, for the most part, I go within. I go within and hold myself accountable, you know. Um, but what has worked and been very successful for me is when I say it out loud and I hear myself speaking on it um, with someone that I can confine in fully uh, without judgment of anything that I am going through that's a trigger or a traumatic moment to where um, there's an even exchange, you know. Um, so that's the first thing. That's the next step that I do um, is confine in someone or consult with someone um, who is, uh, in this case, close and dear to my heart um, or or confined within myself. You know, um, that has worked for me in, in so many ways, in so many ways. You guys wouldn't even believe the healing that has happened in the past three to four years that we have done. Um, it's been um, an amazing experience to be a part of. It's so many ways that have been lifted off because of that. Um, so yeah, that's my method. What about you, Troy? So for me, um, what I tend to do in that type of a situation is now that I figured out what my problem is, like my sister said, and that's why it's funny that she mentioned that she calls me most of the time for, you know, delegation or uh, reflection or retrospection or perspective or whatever it is, because that's actually what I do in my own situations is, but, but I do it 
firsthand. So instead of, you know, um, going through the motions of hmm, like, what, what can I do better in this situation the next time? I actually allow the situation to present itself to me and then react differently. Um, like Candace was saying, meditation is a really good way to help you to slow down those moments because one thing that I've learned about our world is everything is always go, go, go. Let's what's next. Like, what's the next thing to do? You know, and you don't really get a chance to slow down and slowing down. I mean, we see it in the movies all the time or video games and things like that. Like that's the mode that you want to be in when you really need to focus on something. They always slow you down. I know because I've been you know, playing a couple of video games lately. But uh, <laughs> overall, for me, what I know is that breathing is one of the easiest. You, you're always breathing. You can always gain control of your breath. You know, that's not something that you have to have service or Wi-Fi for or anything like that. Like it's something that you can just do in the moment. So, um, it, you know, like it's a built in tool. And that's what I use. So, you know, I'll talk a little bit later about, you know, a specific situation in which I use these methods and what's helped me through. But I just wanted to share that that's what I do is just become mindful in that moment and take a moment to really look at it for what it is. Not necessarily the the emotional side of things, that emotional trigger, because that's what's triggering you is the emotion behind the thing, you know. So just making it a little bit more of a logical, okay, what's really going on in this situation? What am I actually looking at versus what do I feel like I'm looking at? And that helps, like I said, like to kind of split that up a little bit and put you in a better situation to make a more strategic or more positive move. So that's that's what I do. Um, and as far as what do I do after that, kind of the truly the kind of the last thing, I mean, if we're going to be honest is I'm a realist. So I know that nobody's perfect. You're never going to be a hundred percent. Like I never get triggered by this ever anymore. It's always going to be an uphill battle, but the battle does get easier that I can say, you know, you, you're able to, your stamina is, is being built. It's no different than a video game. You know what I mean? It's called the game of life for a reason. You know what I mean? Like it's about playing with the cards that you have dealt and being able to work through that as best you can. Everybody's not going to have the same experiences as you, you know? So that's why to me, it's about trusting your intuition because this is only your journey, you know? So yeah, but but the moving past is just remaining in the moment as much as you can, you know, and giving yourself grace, showing yourself grace when you do mess up. And that's that's part of the game. You know, sometimes <laughs> we have to reincarnate. We have to die and come back to life. You know, um, I know even in tarot, that's always the scare of the, the death card. But death is about rebirth. I, I was just outside with the kids literally today doing their um, weather for their calendar for, you know, their school. And um, Max had mentioned that the leaves were falling. And I was like, yeah, that's why we're in fall. I was like, everything is falling asleep, you know? So it's not, it's never a permanent death, you know? So, but then we'll get into energy and all of that. And, you know, <laughs> I know we're on a time schedule here, but truly, truly um, it becomes way deeper than just, 
no longer being triggered by something like to me, there's a very deep spiritual thing that happens when it's almost like I, I know I keep saying it, but it's almost like unlocking a new level in a game. Like you're still fighting the battles and the battles do get harder in other places. But, you know, the current level that you have, like you ain't got the little pew, pew, pew gun. You know, you got like a bazooka gun or something like that. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of how I think about it. So that's the full of it, I guess. Um <laughs> But moving forward, you know, once you got into that space for yourself, how did you move forward? Um, in most cases, if I am moving forward, um, that's a good one. Um, how am I moving forward? That's a good question. Oh man, that one got me a little stumped. How are you moving forward? Oh, I mean, okay. I, yeah, okay. Oh. I got you. I got you. Okay, so um, in the way where I move forward is okay. We in my in my scenario, uh, in most cases, I've either went within um, and kind of let things funnel its way um through in terms of through my thoughts and or have spoken to you um and then what i tend to do mentally is keep like a note like a lock and key of 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 what what the what the the ground level foundation of why you know i i keep that there as a reminder so that I can always identify um, to hold myself accountable. So I repeat everything and then say, oh, yeah, I remember identifying and then holding myself accountable. And now with, um, I know what to do in case this arises again. You know what I mean? Because, again, like you said, um, it's like you you done with the little whippersnapper. You know what I mean? With the small gun, now you got a big AR-15. You know what I mean? Um, and you're ready to like go in. You're you're more you're more confident, protected, and prepared. You know. Um, and so I actually move forward in most cases with a smile and with gratitude. Um, you know, very grateful in terms of being able to establish grounds to to know what my next step should be because a lot of people aren't even able to get to that point you know what i mean or even realize that there it, that it is a trigger to begin with you know um so oftentimes the way that i move forward is to remember the steps in which i did like it was it's it's as if it's like training you know what i mean um learning the lesson so once the lesson is learned then when you're ready to take the test it's like oh i know the answer to this you know, that's what that feels like in terms of helping me move forward is remembering, uh, but remembering um, in gratitude, like, OK, I'm so grateful that I know what the answer to this question is. Um, now I know what tools to pull out, you know, to be able to move on to the next thing. Um, so, yeah, I just remember and and use that lesson as a tool. To, to help move on to the next thing. Kind of like you said, life is a game. So if I done played this game, in my case, 
patterns. So I done played this game like a thousand times. And now it's like, oh, yeah, I remember, you know, the monster comes out at this moment. Last time when I got close to getting over it, I jumped on its head and flipped over into the next level. Right. So this time I know to do it with a sword, stick the sword in top of the, the monster's head as I jump over it. And then that thing's dead gone and I done moved on. And now I can just, you know, I got my flag and, you know, Mario Kart in this bitch. You know what I'm saying? So like, it's like, it's like. Yeah, you just use it as a tool. It's it because it's no longer um, a triggering or traumatic thing for me anymore. Now it's a it's a um, a tool for me to use to be able to move forward. So I just remember to use the tool. Yeah, good stuff right there, boy. I like how you threw the game thing in there too. Because I mean, yeah, it's true. It's true. Mm -hmm. So for me, um, moving past it, like I said, you're, you're always going to be, you know, getting over something. There's always going to be something that you're working through or you just got through or you're about to go into. So just being present and mindful in each of those moments to me does make it easier to deal with because one thing that for some reason, it's funny because I feel like I always say it and people always tell me that they've never heard me say it. <laughs> but it's, you can only eat an elephant one bite at a time. I say that all the time, but it's so funny that people are always like, I've never heard you say that before. And I'm like, anyways, that it's so true on so many levels. You know, um, I learned that and really, really, that's one of those, you know, sayings that I've taken with me as a literal, like, life lesson. And you really can only deal with one thing at a time. If you're so busy thinking about, you know, things that have happened two weeks ago, and you're now in today, and you're allowing those things to still bog your mind down, you know, today, if it's not uplifting, if it's not something that's giving you momentum to keep going, you know what I mean? It's no reason to hold on to it. And even I will say in that regard to be, um, be careful, I'll say about getting so excited about some things because you never know what you might be driving into your life or driving out of your life either, you know? So just remaining mindful in the moment that you're actually in is the best because also the flip side of it, I've always said, I'm not a, I'm not a psychiatrist or anything, but I've always noticed within my own life that my anxiety triggers from things that I'm worried about happening in the future. I get anxious. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. And then depression, you know, shows its ugly head when I'm thinking about things from the past that might have been better than, or, you know, things panned out differently, like all of these things, you know? So, and that's what, to me, taking yourself out of the, but, but look at where you are right now, you know, and where you are is a beautiful place to be because, you did get through whatever it was, you know, that you were going through that you didn't know how you were going to get through. You know what I mean? And not only that, but remembering that you've been triumphant before to me allows you to continue, you know, your triumphs. Like it's, it's about that energy too. Um, a winner's energy, they pull more winning things to them. So, you know, I listen to a lot of motivational speakers and stuff like that, but it's true, you know? So, 
in all of that, you know, no matter what happened to you when you were 12 or 15 or whatever, you know, to bring the fear of that into your present situation is different than just bringing the memory of it. You know, um, I always say it. Well, I don't always say it. It's something that I had thought of recently, but I said, you can heal and choose not to look at the scar forever. Like you don't have to look at it and be reminded like, yeah, this happened, you know, and tell the story over and over again and relive that moment. Like you can actually heal and just be like, I just don't have to talk about that anymore, you know? And, and that's a form of getting through another form of healing that I see and have witnessed within is being able to talk about things and not get so right brained emotional about it. Um, that's another thing that I've noticed as a form of healing, you know, and other, in other ways, just for me to be able to just cut it off. That's what I talk about a lot in my group is to cut things off, cut people off that, are truly depleting of your energy, you know, because to me, the relationship with yourself is the most important one that you have. You can't pour from an empty cup. Another one of those that I like to say all the time, because it's true. Have you ever actually turned over an empty cup? Nothing comes out of it. You know, you don't have anything to give if you don't have anything to give. So yeah, I know I'm just kind of going, but that's just truly how I feel about the way that people see, you know, being triggered and things like that. And then it becomes external because they're asking so many people and they're bringing their own traumas and dealings in the situation and their own upbringing and the way that they view it into your perspective. And that may not always be what it is. It's not a bad thing to get a new perspective if you're struggling to see you know, another way or to have a sounding board, which is what I feel like, you know, me and my sister and my mom do a lot. We're sounding boards for each other. And, you know, it may not be exactly what they said to do or anything like that, but, you know, they still spark that creativity in you to still make a different choice or think about things more, you know, in depth or just in a different way. So, yeah. What so. Are you, I have a question for you too. Okay, so... What would you say, uh, and I'll start with answering this question. Um, what would you say about people who do bring their traumatic experiences from being children or young adults um, and they're still harboring or carrying it as a fear or a doubt, a stress, a worry, a depression, a concern, uh, an anxiety of some sort, however it, it creates itself. Um, <clears throat> um, I'll, I'll start with this, uh, because, um, my sister said this and I thought it was so profound. Um, one of the things that you said that I absolutely love that is like, boop, nailed on top of the, you know, <laughs> head, nails it. When you said to me one day, we were having a conversation and you were saying, um, how grown adults, <clears throat> Um, and this is no disrespect to anyone. This is just based on us seeing experiences of this happening in, in reality. Um, where I say you who, feel how you feel. Yeah. <laughs> but but that's yeah. the whole point in all of this conversation. But why do you feel that way? Why would this be a trigger for you? Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. No, no, you're good. Um, <clears throat> so it's like you're in. And this is where I've seen this happen the most that I started to question because obviously it's the way I'm seeing life, right? 
So with us being, um, you know, between the ages of 30 and 40, um, seeing people who are 50 and up, a lot of times um, I'll find that in conversation with people in those age ranges, they tend to speak on something that they uh, experienced as a child or as a young adult or even as a teenager in some cases, where um, now that they're older, it's like the convert, it's like, it's, 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 it's as if, if, if I'm hearing them speak of it, it's as if it's, they're that age again in that moment. Um, they're that, they're, they, they're that 15 year old or 14 year old little boy or little girl in that moment when they're talking about something that their mom or dad may have done that was wrong to them. And they vowed that they would never do that to their children, um, or their significant other, whatever the case may be. Um, but oftentimes my sister was like, my sister would say, you know, but at the same time, you're grown now. So in that moment, you may not have understood what was happening in that time frame, but being grown now, understanding fully, you know, more right from wrong, or in some cases, having the opportunity to ask the question to that parent, you know, um, God willing, they're available for you um, to, to get more clarity, to get an understanding, you know, but oftentimes what I see the struggle that happens with adults uh, around that age is like they want the sorry first. They want the, oh my God, I'm so sorry, I didn't know, and da 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 da. da. And then when their parent or sibling or aunt, uncle, whoever doesn't give them that reaction, there's no satisfaction to it, right? Um, and in even some cases I've seen, in my instance, I often say, where the focus goes, the energy flows. So a lot of times the focus is on what that specific energy did to that person to where they vowed, I would never do that. And they end up the same way, you know, because you focus on that energy so much, you've then created it within you to where now you are performing that to your loved ones without even realizing it. Because again, where the focus goes, the energy flows. Um, but Troy, what are your... Um, uh, what would be your feedback to someone um, that is of the, the older age in that generation, you know, in, in that age range? Because oftentimes it is with older um, people where it's like, I hate to sound like I'm not considerate, but in some way, it's like, you know what happened and you know why it happened now, but you still choose to talk about it as if it happened yesterday. You know what I mean? Like, how do you think they could really, not necessarily get over, because I don't think it's something to get over per se, but how do you think they navigate through something like that with, with someone that is carrying something from the time they were nine, and now they're 60 years old dealing with that same thing? You know what I mean? How, what would you say to that? Well, um, what I hear is they focus on the wrong thing. That's what the problem is, okay? <laughs> as plain as I can put it, as you were talking, I was kind of writing down my you know, response to what you were saying. And 
their expectation is in the wrong space. Like what you were saying with them wanting the sorry first and then, you know, they're not satisfied. It should never be about what other people can do for you that satisfies you. And that is where we have happiness misconstrued. And once again, the relationship with yourself is most important. If you feel fulfilled within yourself, you don't need anything from them. You know, like, so whatever they, but, but no too, you know, the way that you move forward is a hundred percent your choice. You know, uh, I can't remember who said it, but they said that attitude is 10% what's ha what happens to us and 90% how, how we react to it. Um, I can't, like I said, it, I, I was in elementary or middle school when I heard that saying, but that's another one that I've kept with me is it depends on how you react in the situation. A lot of times as to how things transpire or, you know, unfold for you. And that even takes me back to talking to other people about your situation. Maybe they did try it before and they weren't successful. That doesn't mean that it's a hundred percent chance that you won't be successful because you have your own way of going about things and you're going to do things your own, you, you know, with your own spin. Even when I think I've always, um, there's a part of me that's always wanted to be a psychologist and go to school for that and things like that. I went to school for it for a little while, but I like to people watch and the people that I sometimes people watch a lot are my family, you know, just, just, <laughs> And just laughing at some of the things that they do. <laughs> and one thing that I can say is what I've learned about my sister specifically, and I guess this can kind of also tie into the fact that, you know, speaking a little bit more um, esoteric in nature, my South Node, which... Uh, I understand it as being lessons that you've learned in the past, in past lives, just you kind of conquered that aspect. My South Node is in Virgo, which means my North Node. So the lessons that I'm most meant to learn, you know, in a certain way, karmically and, and things like that are um, Pisces. So my, it's just interesting that two of the people that are most close to me are both Virgos, my sister and my mother. And my husband has a Mercury in Virgo. So he communicates like a Virgo, whereas they act and present themselves as Virgos. So I see the energy a lot, you know, and it's like, I don't think that I'm here to teach them a lesson, but I am here to kind of help guide that part of them and just being able to see myself in them, you know, to me, makes it a beautiful thing. It makes it a blessing. Um, and to be able to laugh, you know, and but but in all of that, I've learned and noticed that even in a situation where I would deal with one, something one way and we'll have the conversation and everything, and then they come back and they're like, girl, this time, and I'd be like, you know, because they're going to deal with it the way that they deal with it. But the beauty in that is there are a billion million ways to deal with something, you know? So it's about fine tuning into yourself and finding your way to deal with things and trusting that, you know, because you've gotten yourself as far as you have when making the choices and decisions that you have, be it good, be it bad. You know, you've had, we've all had some wins in our life. We can, we can just all say that and pat ourselves on the back for something that we've accomplished, but we also had things that, maybe weren't the best, you know, we didn't always make the best decisions, but those are the times too, like we, I said, to show yourself grace and, you know, just know that 
next time I'm gonna come stronger, I'm gonna come harder, you know, and and just continuing to press on because the game doesn't end there. You know what I mean? Like you still, you got more coming up um, and just being able to be, you know, present in each of those moments. That's, that's kind of the full of that. Um, but I find that it's hard for a lot of older people, not a, not not a whole lot, because the ones that are close to me, I've noticed that there's difference there. But um, it's hard for them to look at themselves and be able to start to hold themselves accountable when they haven't had to for so long, you know. And that's just my personal opinion on that. And that's for anybody, not just older people or anything like that, but. I do find that in our community, a lot of the times it is older people that don't, they're still kind of part of that mindset of a child stays in a child's place and there's still children in their minds with those people. So they feel like they still can't, you know, speak on these things. You'll have people 50 and 60 years old and say, I would never talk, even now, I never talk to my mama like, you know, such and such, so and so, because, and it's like, yo, grandma can't bust, yo, mama can't bust a grape in a fruit fight. You know what I mean? Like, she not really gonna do anything to you, but where does that fear come from? And that cycles back to <laughs> the beginning of our conversation and identifying that and starting to look at yourself like, why am I not able to overcome this and also not able to talk to this person about it? You know, so it it does. Yeah, you you need to start looking at these people and these situations and start to people watch, you know, um, because that does help you to kind of navigate how to deal with not only these people, but if you want to deal with these people, because listen, in my energy, I'm big at cutting people off. I am because I just don't have the energy for that. You know, like I'm very big on energy reading and not that it takes a lot to be the type of person that I, you know, will make time for, but like, you have to be honest. And so many people in this world don't want to be honest, especially with the way that social media is and things like that. Like everything has to be perfect. You know what I mean? Because it's like you only get one shot. You only get one chance. And that's just not real life, you know, but you do want to move in a way that's going to progress you. You know, you don't want to stay in the same negative cycles that you're in and then continue to put yourself in, you know, things that aren't vibrationally sound for you. Like I always tell myself, when things seem to be not going as I planned, um, I always tell myself that I'm I'm aligned, you know, I'm fully aligned and whatever is happening is happening for my greater good, you know. So and believing that. Um, but but again, that kind of ties back into a lot of people that are older are more identified with being Christian, you know. So talking to them about these things, esoteric you know, of esoteric nature is not something that I feel like they would look at and just embrace, you know, because it's just been my personal experience that it kind of all starts to roll together. You really notice how close mind, body and spirit, mind, body and soul are when, you know, you start to think differently, you start to eat different things. And then, you know, you start to want to look differently because this person that you're becoming on the inside, you're trying to bring on the outside as well. And I think that that's, scary for people, you know, is that change, that whole change, like people won't recognize me, you know, but I got to be unrecognizable. So what Listen, you got to say? I, 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 I know exactly what you mean in terms of 
um, changing things for yourself on the inside. So just to tap into that a little bit in terms of uh, me being a vegan chef, um, uh, I oftentimes tell people that food is information. And uh, it has even gotten to a point where now with me being plant-based for pretty much about six years, it'll be six years in February, um, food has actually became um, a spiritual thing for me in a way uh, to where when you start to understand how plants grow and then you start to understand, you know, not necessarily just how they grow, how long they take to grow out the ground, what type of nutrients they need when, they, when you see, when you put the seed in the ground, um, it's not just that. It's how the green color on leafy greens actually happen, you know, and how uh, in resemblance, when you look at them under a microscope, how almost identical they are to blood cells. You know what I mean? And that's where a lot of time that's where my sister is speaking of, like mind, body and soul, like all of it is like connected. It's so close. It's so close. It's, it's connected. Um, but yes, you do want to start to change yourself. Um, from what what you were doing before, because you know um, you are changing from the inside out, and again, food is information. So now you're not, in some ways, um, you know, there's a there's a there's a nerve system. Can't think of it off the top of my head, the name of it, um, but there's a nerve system that connects the the gut to the brain, and so that makes so much sense in terms of once I start to change my diet and consume more healthier options and allow myself to open in this new way, my mind is going to switch up things. Now I don't want this stuff on my skin. I don't want this stuff in my hair. I don't want, you know, uh, to put this stuff on my face from before because it has this, 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 that, and this in it. You know what I mean? Um, so and you can I, feel the difference. That's something that I've experienced is um, when you, I'm not, like super plant-based or anything like that. Um, I have a very flexible diet, but <laughs> um, I do notice that, you know, there are things that I just can't eat anymore that affect my body differently. Not just now that, you know, I, I feel like I'm in a little bit of a different body as far as changing a lot of myself, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, as, even, even, like you were saying, like the way that, you know, onions hit my body, it's not the same as it used to be just because of, you know, what I've changed in my diet. And I know that gut health is really important, like you were talking about, because um, from videos that I've seen and things like that, I know that you're like you were saying, the gut does affect the way that like your brain activity works and anxiety and depression and things like that. And the way that you process information can all be affected by that. How good of a day you're having can be affected by what you eat, you know? Um, John and I used to laugh a lot because we had went for a really long time without eating fast food. It was once we became vegetarians because we felt like we couldn't really eat much of nothing from there anyway, you know? Um, and it was always funny because the people that were driving the most mad, like crazy in the streets, we're always going and turning into fast food restaurants, always. And I'm not saying that, you know, there's a correlation, but that's that's almost about 90 to 95% of the time, that's when mm. people were going. Like, they were angry. Like, I need to get my food down. Like, I'm hungry. Like, it's, it's just funny to me that, I mean, even me, like, y'all used to laugh at me because y'all used to say <laughs> that I would get angry. And I was a meat eater back then, you know? And now I have a lot more... Um, 
patience when it comes to waiting for food. Obviously, I'm older. <laughs> um, but even in my kids, you know, they're not meat eaters. And I noticed that there's a little bit more patience in them than, mm-hmm. you know, the average child, like when we're out to eat and stuff like that. Even Saya, it's, it's the same way. Like they just... Not to say that anything is an ain't, you know, I'm not a doctor here or anything, but those are the things that I've noticed in my life that have been affected. And to me, that's no nothing short of being mindful because mm. instead of just listening to, you know, podcasts or TED Talks videos or watching things and listening to other people's information, like experience it for yourself and then go from there. You know, that that's to me is always the best teacher is your experience because you'll never forget an experience that you had, you know, but you may twist up the words of something that you read somewhere. So, but I do like to do a lot of reading. So, but anyway. (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Yeah. And then tying into, you know, uh, what you were just talking about when you were saying, you know, to build on experiences. That's what we're talking about in terms of uh, triggers, traumatic experience and how to navigate through them. Um, We oftentimes go back and forth and use our triggers and our traumatic moments and experience them in their fullest capacity. Um, Find a way to build on a solution. Um, and then again, like I stated before, for me, I use mine as a tool in order to move forward because I'm to the point now where like, I don't want to do it no more. I need to change my entire environment. Um, I used to, um, back in my meat eating days, and this is just my experience, my truth. Um, I used to wallow and like sit in what was going on and, um, not necessarily like force myself, but I found myself wallowing in this thing until I cried about it, you know, and then I, a really bad habit of mine used to be where I would go and every time somebody would ask me, how, how are you doing? I was telling everybody about it. You know what I mean? Because not only did I feel what was going on, I wanted everyone to know that I was dealing with this traumatic or, you know, this triggering experience. And, you know, like, woe is me. You know what I mean? Um, I got irritated with that like 10 years ago. And I was just like, okay. I can't keep doing this over and over again. Um, I've seen others and I, the part where I've seen other people do something and then it reminded me of myself and I didn't like what I was seeing in other people. I was like, oh no, I'm, I'm, that's no, no, this has to change. I'm, I don't want to be, I don't want to be like this person. Um, and I'm tired of hearing myself talk about it with everybody wallow in it, you know, cry about it. Why am I always crying? You know, um, I even started asking myself questions like, is this really something to cry about? Is it really, you know, mm, nah. And there's nothing wrong with saying, you know what? I ain't even finna deal with this, you know, um, <clears throat> in that way, you know, not necessarily like don't deal with the trigger or the traumatic, but dealing with it in that way. So I'm like, look, who got solutions, you know, and I'm not going to keep sharing it with everybody because too much different directions of different energies can also be confusing 
Um, and therefore your, your foundation is wobbly. It's like all over the place because uh, it's like, well, this person said, like, like my sister said, you know, you'll be listening to a TED talk or something like that. And it's like, well, this person said a little bit of this and that person said a little bit of that. And then what you find yourself doing, what I found myself doing was trying to build all of that up to create myself, whether it was personality or character. And it was like, no, but that's who that person is. Like, who am I or how do I identify myself in terms of my likes, my dislikes, um, my triggers, my traumatic experiences? And what do I have to say about what I've experienced? You know what I mean? Instead of what everybody else has to say all the time. And why am I even telling this person? They don't they don't care at all about what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? Which I think is the reason why I don't like people wasting my time today. Um, because I feel like, uh, I've wasted my time enough. Um, and, um, it just feels really good to know and to have your tools to say, oh, I know what this is. I, 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 I've identified this over six years ago. We're not, we're not, we're not here. And in turn, what I found is that in, in creating this process, and learning how to use your triggers and traumatic experiences as tools. It's not only helped with me in terms of sharing too much information, but also being able to communicate better. Um, like for example, for example, I'll share where me and my husband um, would have the, some of the same few repetitive conversations over and over again. And, I, and it got to a point where I was just like, why are we having this conversation? Like, why are we talking about this? Like, what is the bottom line? Like, why do this keep coming back up? Because obviously we both are not learning something from what we're discussing, you know? And uh, I'll say when we both took the approach to sit back and say, this is what I hear you saying. Am I right or am I wrong? No, that's not what I'm trying to say. Okay, well, I need you to explain it to me because I'm not understanding. Can you please take the time to break it down to me so that we can find what the foundation is to move forward? Um, and it's worked great, barely any arguments or anything like that. And now I've even seen that because this tool has been acclimated um, so great within our relationship, now we use it for all of our family business. Um, you know, with whatever it is the topic is, if we see that there is a problem, there is no coming home to each other, blame you, blame me, blame you, blame me. It's, it's, I see there's an issue. I don't understand what's happening. Here are the facts. Let's see what we're working through. And then what is your side of it? What do you see from your perspective? Okay, this is what I see. Where can we come to a common ground? Um, and that has worked amazing in all aspects of you know our marriage because um, it's 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 because I've done the healing work within myself. You know what I'm saying? And therefore, communication between us, um, I feel I have learned to be able to um, um, be an example to show him based on what I've learned. And in return, it what happened? Oh, I'm like, it was, 
it was doing some thing. But anyway, um, <clears throat> yeah. So that's helped a lot because we we had a lot of triggers and traumatic experiences. Um, I wouldn't say traumatic in a detrimental way, but a a, a traumatic moment here or there uh, where we have talked those things out and came to common ground to where now it's like amazing, amazing. Um, and, and that's all I've ever asked for from anybody that's been around me um, that I love and care for is uh, great energy, you know? And here we are talking about it. Yeah, this is great. Okay. That's funny that uh, you got that shirt on of a black girl because we didn't talk about what we was gonna wear, but I do. I do too. Oh yeah. See, it got all it's a um it's a uh it says I am woman and then it has all these good words, affirmations and stuff on them. Oh I see. Yeah, nope, just little black girl, little, little black girl with a frown, you know. <laughs> cool. I was like uh, but of course, of course we did, because that's always been something that has happened in our lives. We've always like been on that same wavelength. So Yeah, like I not see. being around each other for a minute and then all of a sudden when we seen each other when we were teenagers, um, we had on the same style of a jacket in two different colors. Yeah. Same almost the same outfit, I wanna say. Like almost mm -hmm. identical outfit, same type of shoes and everything. So mm -hmm. you know. That's how we be. That's how we do. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I did want to share a story of mm -hmm. how I um gone through the process mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and what things look like for me. So just kind of getting back to the original topic, because I know that we this is literally how we are. We will talk about one thing and then it can spiral into so many other things, but still all be connected. And that's yeah. the beauty in our conversation, I feel like, is mm -hmm. being able to, you know, look at something from all of these different perspectives, but still, you know, like the common denominator of everything that you're talking about is the same. Um, child, I had that sage going and it started smoking up the roof. <sighs> but, you know, <laughs> listen, I'm here now. So anyway, um the one time that I do tend to speak about a lot, you know, no matter what conversation I'm having, this is always kind of one of the things that I'm open about because I feel like being black and being a parent, there's only one real type of parent that I feel like is accepted in the black community. And um, so let's get right into my, I guess, my story about it. I want to talk about my triggers and getting, o getting over it, but still how I'm working through things today as far as conscious parenting goes. And conscious parenting is very different from typical African-American household standards because we don't yell at our kids. <laughs> we don't whoop our kids. Those are two of the biggest uh, transitions that you make. But also the way that you approach your children is very different. Um, so overall, what I noticed is I had one son named Max. I have another one named Abel. Right now they're five and two, but when Max was about one, one and a half, I was, I chose, me and my husband chose to be typical, you know, parents and whoop and fuss and things like that. And I could tell in him very quickly that 
he didn't like it was making him worse, you know, in a way of like he would start to hit and think that it's okay to hit and things like that. And for me, logical lefty, I started to think, okay, we have to do something different because that's not the outcome that I'm looking for. Because for me, that is how I think about things and react in a lot and, and take action is what's the best outcome? You know, how can I get to the best outcome that of what I'm looking for? So um, I started, of course, looking at myself. So that's that identifying the triggers. Why do I want to whoop him when he doing kid stuff? You know, um, what, what happened to me and digging deep, I remembered how I was treated when I was a kid. And I was, and you know, it's beautiful because having the mother that we have, we've been able to talk to through a lot of these things. And it's not like, you know, I'm putting my mom on blast because we've had these conversations before, but talking to my mom, you know, I was shut down a lot emotionally, which could be why I'm such a logical person these days, but using the logical side of myself with the emotional side of myself, which is tuning in and tapping into who I was and the way that I was treated when I was a child. So that's how I use the emotional side of me is tapping into that child in Troy and being able to address and approach a situation now with my children to where, how would I have wanted to be treated in that moment? You know, that's, um, kind of making it logical, but still using, I didn't, I didn't like how I was treated. I didn't like being shut down and yelled at and fussed at when truly all I needed was help, you know, or truly all I needed was a shoulder to cry on. And I remember having those feelings as a child. And so I get in that space for my kids to say, you know what, look at it for what it is. So that's taking me into the second step of being mindful. Okay. So next time that he has a fit because he can't get potato chips, you know, whatever it is. Cause listen, <laughs> they kids. Um, how can I make this situation more productive for him and his future to where he's not, you know, he doesn't have a complex about sharing potato chips as an adult, you know, like it, it'd be little things like that, that we don't realize are triggers and traumas. And we're just like, no, that's the way I am. No, you're traumatized and you have to, move and shake in a way to where you don't cause the trigger that's behind the trauma again. So, you know, I wouldn't want him to now as an adult hoard chips in his bedroom, you know, and, and people like it be the smallest thing and you don't even think, and it's not to say, dang, is that a trigger? Why do I do that? You know, but the big stuff, because I was angry, you know, with my kids for being kids, for yelling and screaming and throwing tantrums and, being a kid, I was angry as a kid, you know, I'm as an adult, you're supposed to be logical, you know, and these are, again, all of the steps and all of the emotions and emotions that I went through. This thing is not an overnight success. Like you're not going to identify it one day, the next day you're just onto it. You know, you know what to do. You really do have to go within. And I was having all of these conversations with myself, you know, journaling is a great way to release some of these emotions as well, but not really feel like you have to put it in somebody else's ear because, you know, if we're going to talk about energy, energy is transferred. It's never, it's never um, uh, destroyed. So when you tell a lot of times of the bad deeds or the bad things, or you're dumping on people energetically, 
they're taking that on. So in order to continue to dump, especially if you have a lot that you feel like you need to work through, even recording yourself, you know, talking to yourself or in audio, you know, audio form, or if you just on your phone, you know, you just got a little recording. I just want to talk about this, but I don't want to talk about it with nobody. All of these forms of energy transformation can help you to get through, you know, those things. And it just ties back into what you were talking about, about older people is a lot of times, you know, I, I read in a book, um, I can't remember the name of the book, but oh, 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 duh, the whole parent, the whole brainchild. Um, I was reading in that book about how a lot of times, you know, especially with little kids, what they'll do is relive a situation over and over again. Like if you like, for instance, me with Max, he um, we went to the pumpkin patch one day and, you know, I showed you the video. He rode on the on the horse and on the pony. And, you know, he did so many fun things that day. And because that wasn't a typical day for him and he enjoyed himself so much, he keeps talking about it, you know, but instead of being like, oh my God, like, yes, we did it. Like, would you be quiet? You know, because that's what <laughs> typically would happen. You get tired of hearing about it because it wasn't that big of a deal for you. It was just a day out, you know, but for him, it was such a big deal. And then I think about, man, I remember being a kid and like, little things would happen and it just seemed like it was such a big deal you know so that is how remembering those moments and getting into that energy with your children or while well, say with my children is what has helped me to maintain and progress you know it's just like candace said continuing to remind yourself about the past and what happened and you know in that regard to help you, like I said, like I was saying, propel you forward in the future, you know, to react in a different way. So now in the third part of it, moving past it, yes, I still have my times. I'm still a human being, like I said, with, you know, caps. Okay. We all got caps. Um, but I can last a lot longer. You know what I mean? Like a lot longer. I can go full days, two days, three days without getting so irritated, you know what I mean? And I'm a stay-at-home mom. So I'm with my children like 24-7. Like it takes a lot of patience, you know, but that patience comes with showing yourself grace. And if you do, like I said, have one of those moments where you just tag because they don't want to go to sleep, you know, or they waking up real early or one and woke up because we potty training. And you know it, it be a lot going on. But um just be remaining graceful with yourself, showing yourself that grace creates that grace with other people. You know what I mean? You're able to extend more grace. And I have a better relationship with my kids because of that. And seeing the way that my children navigate with other people, I'm proud of that. And I know that, you know, in the conscious parenting community, they say you're not supposed to be proud of how your children turn out. But realistically, like, that's part of the human experience. I am proud of, you know, the young men that my babies are starting to grow into, you know, and just show, showing in themselves the, le the lessons that I'm trying to teach them. And to me, that becomes the reward, you know, is being able to see your triggers transmute and manifest in beautiful ways, you know? So instead of me, like I said, going from the beginning, taking on fussing at my kids, like I know what kind of person that creates and I'm fighting through that within and I don't want them to also have that battle. You know, it's not to say that I'm a perfect parent by any means, but I do feel like the way that I choose to navigate and do things with them is unconventional. 
which is why I, you know, go through the triggers with myself because I fight myself with a lot of things as well. You know, concepts, you know, that I had about just certain things. And now that I have two little boys, two little black boys specifically, like, what does this mean to me now? You know, because you do have to reevaluate your values. And if I was taught this, you know, to help me or to harm me. So to limit me, you know, and, and start to um, really challenge yourself, you know, and start to really, really challenge the way that you feel locked in on a certain way to do something that you seem to be running to a big wall with it, you know, start to look at other divergence, other ways to get around this brick wall. There's a door over there, you know, instead of you trying to just bang through, you know, why not just take the door? Or how about the fact that it's open on the other side, you know? So just start to look around and see other perspectives, ways to continue to make it. So yeah, anyway, <laughs> I be going on my little tangents, my little rants, but nah, maybe coming from somewhere. Yeah, do your thing, sis, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Speak your truth. And, um, and that's all I can do, because listen, I ain't got the memory to be trying to lie like that. <laughs> <laughs> listen, lying takes entirely too much energy. Like I just don't have the time for it at all. I'd rather yeah. just multiple timelines you creating. I can't yeah, give up. Work. Me either, girl. Not at all. Um, so, in terms of sharing a story uh, to speak on a time where I've actually uh, did what I said, which was. Um, identifying the triggers or the traumatic moments and then um, speaking with someone that um, or going within um, to hold myself accountable um, and then using that as a tool. Uh, in this instance, um, for me, it was basically a traumatic moment of something that was actually done to me where I was violated as a child. Um, in that moment, I didn't realize that I uh like pressed it away like hid it away from myself until i had my daughter and then when i had her it was like oh wait a minute hold on wait a minute because now you're in mommy mode mother bear is coming out and now it's like what are all the possible ways that i could protect this child to make sure that i don't mess up um because, you know, just a natural way of making sure that, you know, the thing that you created with someone that you love in love, you want to make sure that that love is shared with, you know, your babies. And so um, when I realized that I buried it, um, I had to have a conversation with my mom. And so when I expressed to her in terms of what happened in the moment which it happened. And I was about eight or nine years old. So it's, it's a memory for sure um, in terms of um, the details on it. And um, there was healing there, obviously. Um, and so with that, it then, I then start to create, at first it was like creating a boundaries based out of fear. And I feel like a lot of parents do that. This happened to me, this happened around me. I was exposed to this as a child. This is what went on. I'm gonna make sure that doesn't happen to my child. So I'm going to lie. I'm going to, um, you know, get aggressive with my child, um, not explain to my child. Yes, I was gonna you say hide saying? things, yeah. Hide things, mm -hmm. not explain, you know. Um, obviously, I'm not gonna have that conversation with a six-year-old but 
Um, at the same time, I still knew that I needed to do the work, you know? Mm -hmm. And so in doing that, the first thing was to basically do what I did, hold accountability. And I went and I talked to my mom. One of the biggest things that I saw that I felt was not necessarily a failure, but a lesson um, to learn in that scenario is awareness. Where are your children? Who are they around? Who are they with? Um, what is that person made up of? Um, these are just things that at that time was not looked into well enough. You know what I mean? Um, and in that instance, um, um, you know, I, my husband is aware. And so based on having that conversation, um, it, we, we did it, we did create an environment out of love. So basically in that is um, the people that my daughter is around are people that we know for a fact will not do any harm around her, near her, expose her to anything. And I'm, and I'm not saying like, you know, any type of violation, but I'm talking about like on the phones, they respect our rules, our guidelines, things of that nature. When we see that their respect levels on that instance with more simpler things in terms of things we don't allow her to consume, uh, whether it be food or things to watch on TV, things like that. Um, it's those, those, uh, you know, rules and guidelines we have are respected. And so, um, that's how we make sure that her mind, body, spirit from a spiritual, mental, physical, and, uh, uh, all in all ways, um, emotional, um, are all, uh, safe. You know what I mean? So, um, and we'll say, we'll talk to each other. Me and my husband will talk to each other and say, you know, oh, I'm not comfortable with that. Or, you know, no shade on that person, but I'm not comfortable with them in this instance, in terms of whatever it is we're trying to prepare for, whether it's to have a date night or anything of that scenario. Um, so that's where the trustworthy part comes into play, um, because I, I, I identified it. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Hold on. I did that. I, I, I pressed that down like that. Wow. You know, forgot all about it. Um, and then, you know holding accountability, um, speaking to a trustworthy person, i.e. my mother, um, you know, identified the, the problems in, in that scenario, um, created them as a lesson, and therefore now use it as a tool, um, which I am very grateful for. Um, you know, even in an instance where there was a moment where I, you know, wanted to come at my dad, you know what I mean? Because I felt like if there was masculine energy around, um, that would have never happened. You know what I mean? Um, and then uh, based on having that conversation, because I did have a conversation with my dad, um, it was eye opening. Um, but then at the same time, it was like, OK, you know, everyone is aware all is well. And, but then at the end of the day, I still needed to do the healing for myself. Um, have I forgiven? Yes. Have I forgotten? No. Um, but what I'm, what I refuse to do in my lifetime is continue to harbor in on the negative aspects, 
You know what I mean? Um, because they will get me nowhere, but more heartbreak, hurt and pain. Um, and that's not something anybody wants to feel. That's like, oh, I broke my knee. Uh, but, you know, I'm going to still talk about it. And if this was the case, every time I talk about it, it hurts. I'm going to stop talking about it. You know what I mean? Especially if I wanted to heal, you know, um, I, it, it, you know, I would probably get tired of the doctors talking about, oh, we got to go back in on your knee again and do more surgery again on your knee. Um, I don't have knee issues, but I'm just using that as a metaphor. Um, so overall, um, the healing for me um, was exposure. And then to then begin to say, okay, there it is. It happened. Now, what do you learn from it to where I am not creating a fear tactic uh, and to revolve myself wrapped around my daughter and be like, no, nobody can touch, harm, talk to. She can't go. You know what I mean? Um, you know, just basically use it as a tool to say, OK, if she wants to spend a night at someone's house, she's going to go and spend a night at Troy's house um, with my nephews, um, you know. If we're going to be out somewhere, me and my husband out somewhere overnight for a couple of nights, my mother is going to keep her. Um, that's where we are um, because it's comfortable for everyone. Um, and yeah, it's, it's not always, I'm not always reliving it to create, you know, or uh, make decisions and stuff like that. Um, I'm past that point. But overall, uh, I am just grateful, you know, praises to my divine parents, my ancestors and my spirit guides in terms of being able to say, oh, wait a minute, hold on. It's been identified. And then to be able to create in love boundaries, because that has been not only, you know, that instance is that instance. But for me, creating boundaries has uh, in the past has been something that's been very difficult for me to do because I always want to give. I always, I know Troy, don't, don't go in on me. Don't go in on me, sis. Like, um, because I found myself always giving, 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 um, in terms of, oh, I like this person. Or in some instances, my sister will say, you know, you meet somebody who's a friend, um, and you are ready to open and give too quickly. Um, I am learning that now, um, to where now recently we've had a conversation and I flat out started the conversation and said, I don't want no more friends right now. Like I can't, I don't have the energy or the wherewithal to involve myself in introducing myself to anyone new, uh, in, right now to in not necessarily like, I don't want to be friendly. I mean, like to involve them in my personal space, mm -hmm. like my sanctuary, like you're stepping into my home. My husband's energy is here. My daughter's energy is here. Boundaries. You know what I mean? But again, with creating these boundaries and creating a safe space and a, and a positive environment, I still wanted to create it all out of love and not fear. You know what I mean? Because, right. uh, you know, um, at the end of the day, you know, um, love is where, you know, things come together is where life is balanced, you know, um, when it's done in love and when you take care of love correctly, because people like to throw that around a lot. Um, 
and it's 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 a very it it is a um love for me is a safe space you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. it's like the pan- it's like a panic room it's like this is where all my tools and everything rely li- lies at you know what i mean um so yeah boundaries i'm not i'm not we're not there we're not there anymore um i needed to do that straight up for my sanity for my safety for and and i ain't talking about safety in terms of bodily harm i'm talking about safety in terms of my energy because I do, being a Virgo, um, a lot of us are open to a lot of other people's energies and we absorb, not knowingly a lot of times, not knowingly a lot of times we absorb and carry. Um, there's there's some instances where I've been around other energies and then I would go and talk to someone else as if I had an issue. And then when I sat back and thought about it, I'm like, hold on, I'm not the one with the issue. This sounds like <laughs> such and such. You know what I mean? Back here. We've done it quite a few times. Yeah. We'll be on the phone and Candy will be like, man, but I can't figure out. And I'm like, that ain't even got nothing to do with you. Why is you trying to solve this person's problem? (laughs) But that's interesting that you had mentioned all of that because I talked to John about um, he was, it was either him or you because I love talking to John about spiritual stuff as well because Again, he communicates like a Virgo, so his communication is very exact, but it's funny because he has a Libra son, so a lot of it is off kilter. (laughs) Yeah, Um, so the way that it's presented, it's perfect for what it is that he's trying to say, but it don't be making no sense to me because, you know, he's more of the emotional side of things and I'm more of the logical side so if it don't the puzzle pieces don't connect for me but he's like oh it's abstract art it's fine and I'm like no it's language you need to (laughs) use this and that word but um it's just funny because that yet and still seeing myself in him I don't like being misunderstood either you know so that's kind of where even with your Virgo son, you and mom, y'all do have a way of allowing people in. And I feel like he does that with his words. He's so charismatic and people just, you know, listen, John, listen, he got it. Okay. But I feel like you all are that way with your energy and you're very open. And for me with the only Virgo in my birth chart, check out your birth charts if you haven't yet, because it definitely, whether you believe or not, you know, again, it can be an emotional becoming of you or it can be a logical one. And there are a lot of things that I have read about myself that be it good or bad, it's the truth, you know, but but it takes doing shadow work, being able to get over certain parts of yourself, like get over yourself, you know, like <laughs> that's a real thing. And that is a feat. But For me and Virgo being in my South Node, I can see not necessarily, okay, so Aquarius is my sun sign and also my Mercury. So I speak like an Aquarius and I present things like an Aquarius. So I have a very, I know what's best attitude. And it also comes from me being logical, logical lefty. So um. Tying all of that in together, a lot of times, like I'll see, you know, like my sister and the way that we deal with the situation, 
um, it'll be completely different. And we'll be dealing with the same situation. Like literally something will happen to the both of us and I'll go my way. She'll go her way. And I'll be looking at her like, girl, I wouldn't do that. Cause listen, this is what could happen. But that's, it can be seen from some people's perspectives as projection. I'm thinking about things that have happened to me in my past lives and trying to project that one to her, but also as warning, you know, and I, but I know through the, discernment what to and not to speak on as well you know and if there are things where i'm like no the, the it's right in front of you candace like this is the lesson i'll let her know you know but if there are things where it's like she gonna deal with it how she gonna deal with it and that's the beauty of every sign is there's the positive and you know the areas of opportunity um and as an Aquarius, that's one of those things where that's my area of opportunity sometimes and but i'm working on that you know and not speaking fully into everything as I know what's best, you know, in every situation, but I just be talking about what I be talking about, you know? Um, and I like to read and educate myself. So I have the flexibility in my lifestyle to do that. And so that's what I tend to do. I've always been into academics and things like that. So yeah, I like to read and educate and, and tell people what I, what I think I know. Um, but always, of course, getting still bringing it back to self, you know, and I know that they're not going to do ever do exactly what it is that I'd be like, we should do this, that and the other. But it's beautiful to watch it manifest itself. And I'd be like, OK, I, yeah, I see. I see. you. I can see the me and you, you know, but I still see you, you know. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. So you were talking about the birth chart. Uh, I know we're at like 630 guys. Thank you for tuning in with us. Um, We're going to wrap this up soon, but I wanted to like uh, go off of what you just said. Um, so I'm sitting here and I'm like, oh, she's talking about what we were, you know, wrapping around the boundary scenario. Uh, so I looked up quickly here um, what planet works with boundaries and it's Saturn. Um, and my Saturn is in Scorpio. Um and basically looking at that, it says, you know, that the planet has a tendency to elevate a person in their lives. Um, and I, in a way, I'm always trying to look to elevate um, or have some type of great impact or a positive flow, I think, is the reason why I'm always looking to help someone. And then it don't help the fact that, uh, you know, in most cases, with my sun sign being a Virgo, um, that you know we are generous and stuff like that. In most cases, we like to give the benefit of the doubt too many times. Um, so a mixture of that and trying to have a great flow with someone, thinking that this time is going to be different, uh, not so. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, boundaries is a is a major thing, um, and that's also a part of the triggers and traumatic experiences too is mm -hmm. to build the boundaries, but build yeah. them in love for sure. Because I think when you use, hey, this is the positive way I would like to create this aspect. I don't want to use, you know, the negative aspects of what happened to create this because it's going to fall. That's like, that's like building on, that's like building a house on straw and not building um, solid, you know, ground like concrete. Foundation, um, right. Yeah. And so in doing that, oh, go ahead. You just gonna say something? Oh, well, I was gonna say, it's interesting that you say that, like the 
the just the whole concept of the building blocks because one thing that I noticed in dialogue with the kids that I used to do that I'm still working through is when I would try to deter them from something, I found myself, you know, paying attention, being becoming mindful in the moment. I found myself um, more so trying to tell them the worst that could happen, you know, so get down because you don't want to get hurt, you know, get down or or don't do this because of, you know, you could get blah, blah, blah. And I, I started to see me in them. And when things would happen, like we'd be walking down the street or something and Abel or, you know, Max or Abel, because they both be chitty chatty. Um, we'll say, you know, don't walk in the street because you could get hit and then you can die, you know. And although it's true, I don't want that to be the focus of why they choose not to do something, because it does create a fear based mentality where people may not make the choice that they really, truly want to make because it's too risky. You know, they feel right. like they're scared to make that choice. And so I've been making a conscious effort to instead of get down because you don't want to get hurt, get down because we want to stay safe, you know, and just making it positive because that's where, you know, their mindset is going to go is into the positive and not just in the worst that could happen. You know what I mean? Because then yeah. it starts to create a perpetual state of scarcity, fear. you know, in yeah. The, yeah, in a fear-based mindset of, man, what's the worst that could happen? Okay, don't want that to happen. So let me not even try, you know, so. Yeah, it's um, almost as if they can like turn into like a worry ward. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, yeah and I don't want that for my kids Mm -hmm. of course like for example uh to tie into that is like uh with my daughter at school um you know um conversations was being had with um me my husband you know talked to the teacher to where it was like uh you know Sai is not focusing we don't understand what's going on and things of that nature um you know we're also aware that we have been homeschooling her as a first grader before she started kindergarten so um, I was back and forth with it because I'm like, hold on, here's this pattern. Like, here we go. Why do I keep having this conversation over and over again and come to find out um, my daughter, ever since she was a baby, um, when she was a baby, um, the nurses would come to me and be like, oh, I wish your daughter was just like your baby was just like the other little babies, because while all the other babies were crying, she would just suck her thumb um, and would be quiet. And so when now we're in school and, you know, in most cases, the activities for her are pretty easy. And so what she tends to do is entertain herself. So she'll sing and dance and play around and do her thing, make noise, all this other stuff until it's time to do the next thing. And so what I decided to do was because as a trigger for me in the past, it instantly popped up as soon as I thought about it was how when I was younger, I was always told that I talk too much um, or, you know, you know, Candace, you're doing too much or you extra or um, all those different things, positive things that I was doing, but they were being explained to me as if they were negative things and that I should hide them and stuff like that. And so the way I decided to uh, talk to my daughter is not come at her and be like, hey, you know, you need to stop because the teacher keeps telling me no. It's not that her singing and dancing and talking was bad. It was just done at the wrong time. And so what I decided to call it was light. And so I told her, hey, when you go to school, when you sing and dance and talk, that's your light. You need to protect your light. 
and wait to use it when it's time for recess or when it's time to come home and mommy and daddy will let you twirl all through the house uh, as much as you want to and sing as loud as you want to. Um, but basically when you are in school, we must put our light away and listen to what the teacher has to say because they have something to tell you to help you in terms of learning. Um, I didn't wanna chastise her because I was chastised as a child um, you know, um, unknowingly by many adults. Um, uh, my mom, mm, not so much. My mom was always the motivator. Uh, she, she really didn't do the chastising or the, Hey, you shouldn't be, you know what I mean? Um, so it was mostly from others who don't, didn't even know me, um, that wanted to chastise me and tell me that I needed to do less. Um, when I've always been multi-talented and uh, know many things and do many things in abundance. And I wear that as a crown on my head to this day now because I understand that, you know, those adults didn't know me or know or even even care to even know me. And I don't want my daughter to close herself off and not do these things that she loves to do. I just want her to uh, be able to, that when she step into that business room with her entrepreneurship and her business and stuff like that, that when she go into it, that she is strategically thinking, hey, right now may not be the time to sing, but I know I can talk my butt off and sell whatever it is I got going on because this is gonna be a good opportunity. I want her to strategically think things out. And I've even seen that her mind has even started to go into that strategic mindset after we've had that conversation about her protecting her light. You know what I mean? And so, yes, definitely 100% doing and creating a boundary in love and um, not, you know, pressing it down or giving it a negative context um, does help a lot. So I agree with you 100% on that. Mm -hmm. That's great, amazing, spectacular. I, I know you have brought up boundaries and I know that, <coughs> Um, I want. I believe it's Saturn naturally sits in Aquarius, so there you have it for why I be knowing how to set boundaries. But also, my actual Saturn is in Capricorn, and it says you are realistic and know how to impose limits on what no longer what is no longer sustainable. So I thought that that was interesting because listen, I do cut off, cut man. Off. Mine's is a strong will meets fierce focus. Yeah. Yeah. Man, when I am focused on something, it's, it says the result is persistence, endurance, and sometimes ruthlessness mm -hmm. um, in the pursuit of goals. And I think that's where the ruthlessness kind of come out because that's where like that Virgo slide in. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, great stuff. Make sure you look at your birth charts, guys, because yes. like my sister always says, my sister preaches this all the time in her Melanin Flow Facebook page, which for black women, if you are looking for a space to be all the way live and all the way real, especially with this past week of videos. Oh it's my God, good. man, I'm talking about from the comedy in it, cause it's funny <laughs> to me, to um, the realness in it. Um, it really is my sister's uh, Facebook page for Melanin Flow you know, um, you know, pretty much a, a oasis for black women is what I call it. Um, it really expresses or she really gets you like thought 
Like it's thought provoking. So you'll be sitting there like, oh man, I never even thought to, to get into that. Or man, I never thought of it that way before, you know? And that's how the healing actually started b- between the two of us is thought provoking conversations like, oh man, Troy, that never crossed my mind before. Uh, I'm going to go sit on that because I need some time to think that through. Um, And then you have those eureka moments where the light bulb goes off and you're like, oh, man, like, that's great to be able to finally get an answer, finally have a solution and then be able to use that solution like we talked about this entire life as a tool. So with that being said, you guys, make sure you guys keep in touch. Um, Like our Facebook page here on Linvana. Um, We do these chats as often as we can. I ain't gonna put no time limit on that. We working through some very, uh, we're we're actually working through some very um, spectacular things that we wanna bring forth um, in the coming months. So definitely keep an eye out for our announcements. Um, Thank you for hanging with us for this hour and 30 minute time frame. Peace, love, and light to you all. I am Candice, a.k.a. Vana. Oh, and, sorry. Yeah, no, you good. <laughs> I am Troy Lynn. My middle yeah. name is Lynette. So, Troy Lynn, call me, call me which, what you will. Goddess. Yeah, which, hey, which is how we are, Lynn, Vana. Um, our sister talks, having our conversations for the world to see. And for the world to hear, we hope that everything that we've expressed today, um, that you can use it as a tool um, to start your healing process. That's definitely what we're looking here to do, looking to do here. Um, Have a beautiful Tuesday and a great rest of the week, you guys. Peace, love and light. We out.